So hello everybody and welcome to In My Mug episode 240, 40, 40, on Monday the 17th of June 2013. I am your host Stephen Layton and today we're off to Guatemala which is really really exciting as we haven't been there this year but before that we have to do the news and I know I touched on this last week but I'm going to touch on it again because he is going to finish, we are going to run out of places uh, this week. The has been training courses for espresso, milk and cupping. There are a tiny amount of places left. If you do not book this week, you will miss it. You will not be able to do the courses. So do check, do dive in, do have a look. Um, new coffees going on the site still. Uh, we've had Ethiopians go on. We've got Nicaraguans go on. We've had some more Costa Ricas this week go on. It's all very exciting and there are lots of new ones to come still. I am having lots and lots of fun adding these coffees. And Tampa Tantrum, The Lost Files. I told you about this again last week, but we've added five more since then. We've got uh, five speakers all talking about coffee. And the one I added on Friday was uh, Federico Pacas from Santa Patrona. Now, if you remember, we had Santa Patrona on in my mug a few weeks back. Um, uh, the Pacamara, we were very excited about it. You can actually go and meet Federico, who is the manager of the farm. He runs it, he organises it. He is the one who's responsible for that amazing coffee. You should go and watch it. And that was the news! So now it's time for 20 seconds on. And this week it's on Guatemala. So let's do this. So, coffee industry began to develop in Guatemala between 1850 and 1860. Initially, it was a mixed cultivation. Um, small plantations flourished in the area, but it was quickly kind of grew out of that. Um, and then Anacafe was formed. Anacafe is an organization that coordinates, educates the producers, but also markets them. And they've done really well with coming up with... 20 seconds on. So they've done really well coming up with places like Antigua, Acatenango, Atilan, Coban, Faralges, Huayhuaytenango, uh, Orient, San Marcos. These are all regions that Ana Cafe have made into the common lexicon, the common dictionary of coffee, coffee growers and coffee buyers. When you talk about Guatemala and Antigua, it's probably the most famous. Uh, Antigua used to be the capital city of uh, Guatemala. But because it was located right next to a volcano and it kept getting erupted on, they decided that they were going to move the capital like 50 miles up the road to Guatemala City. Crazy. Crazy when you think about it, but very, very cool. And um, Guatemala and a cafe have done a great job of marketing coffee. Um, so this is a staple coffee. We're welcoming back El Bosque from Amatitalan. Um, I am so, so pleased to see it back. It's a massive, massive coffee for us. I mean... I originally found this coffee back in 2007, um, visited the farm that year, and this was probably what, like when I was very young in my coffee growing visiting, coffee growing producing country visiting. I went and visited uh, the Flores brothers. Uh, it was Don Roberto, who is the oldest brother, and then he has two brothers, uh, well, two brothers working on the farm, and one who um, doesn't have so much to do with the farm, but he's still kind of part of it. Um, I also went to visit them in 2009, which was very, very cool. Um, I did some videos while I was out there and instead of me talking about it I'm actually going to show you these videos kind of edited together in a mush of one uh, because I think Francesco can tell us about the farm far better than I can. Welcome to another In My Mug special uh, I'm here today with Francisco Flores from uh, El Bosque. 
uh, one of the coffees that I know you guys out there uh, you know, really like and um, it's been a very important coffee for us for the past three years uh, and, and we see kind of more developments coming up in the, the near future. So this is Francisco. Um, say hi to the has-been gang first of all because they all listen in and all like you just okay. say who you are and, and, and just a little bit about yourself would be great. Uh -huh. I'm going to take this chance to say hi to our fans in the UK. Uh, we are uh, very proud of uh, to have you on our, as our customers and we are so happy to have Steve uh, here in our farm uh, for the second time. Second time yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Now first time I've been back somewhere twice as well. So yeah. <laughs> now as I say it's a, it's a really important coffee for us and, and you know I know that our customers absolutely adore it. We've got some guys, some coffee shops that take your coffee. Uh, Barry at Roasters Coffee in Scarborough, and uh, you saw the video that we did with his customers. Yes, I did. Ago, yeah? last year. Uh, uh -huh. And I know Barry's a massive fan of your coffee, so uh, he said to say hi. Uh -huh, I uh, want to <laughs> say hi to Barry and all the folks that goes to the Barry's place and drink our coffee. I want to say thanks for drinking it. He's going to love that. I tell you, he's going to absolutely love that. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, you know, it's been a coffee that we've used quite regularly in, in uh, barista competition. We, uh, we sent some to uh, a lady from Denmark that came third in the World Barista Championships, and that was with your coffee again. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, an incredibly popular coffee with, with the baristas and with the espresso community as well. So, you know, we're, we're lucky to have, to have your coffee with us. Um, and really what I'd like to do for the, for the video is just if you can tell us a little bit about when your family started farming here and, and the kind of coffees that kind of coffees you have here, so the varietals that, you, that you've got. Okay, our coffee farm was started by my grandfather in 1929, and we are still having some plants that he planted by that time. And uh, probably it's, it's a coffee that you have drink before, and you are going to drink uh, for so many years in the future. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I've just been lucky enough to get some samples of the 2009-2010 uh, crop uh, today. So we're going to cut those on one of the In My Mugs in the next couple of weeks or so. We'll get them on there and we're going to have the, work, the first exclusive because we're the first people to get some samples as well, aren't we? So we're uh, going to throw that one out there and, and be able to, 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 to talk about that. So what, what kind of varieties do you have on the farm? Uh, I, know, I know the Bourbon because that's the, uh -huh. what we stock, but what else do you have? The mostly that we have is uh, Bourbon. I think we have about more than the 75% of the plants uh, in our farm is Bourbon. Then we have Pache and Katura. Okay. Um, and we can see here from, from the shots in front of us, you've got some yellow Bourbon here as well as, as red Bourbon. And um, you know, something that's kind of quite exciting is to, to see these the, the different coffees here. Uh -huh. So Francesco, now down back on the drying patios from the farm just over there. Um, sorry about the noise, there's a traffic going past. As I've said to a few of you guys in the past, there's a, a busy main road just in front of these uh, patios. You wouldn't believe it. Um, just going to show you some shots now, some photographs of the patios so you can get a feeling for, for where we're standing. Um, what I really wanted to talk about you here was that the, the people who work for you, they're all, all about here. Um, and, how do you employ them? Are they full time or do, do they come seasonally? Uh, and, and how long do most of the staff work for you? Okay, uh, the people that is working for us is uh, uh, the next generation too. Uh, 
some of them, the grandparents uh, work with mine. Uh, their parents work with my parents. And now the sons are working with, with, with us. With some of these people, I used to run in the middle of the, of the coffee forest. So long and also, there is a deeply concept on it because the 13 generations that I talked before goes with the work of steel. So I have some love. I think, I think one thing you see here is people happy to work here and I think that's, that's a testament to you. I mean, with, the way that I just saw you interacting with some of them, they're almost as if they're friends, not people who work for you, but they, they're friends as well, would that be right? Okay, that's right. We are friends with most of them. We have a uh, very close relationship. Um, you were just telling me about them. You know, most of their father's names and their mother's names. Oh, yeah. Their, yeah, their grandfather's absolutely. names. And, and that's a thing. And that's not just sort of working for you, using that, looking after them as well. See, there is a concept of culture involving it because uh, some of the politics that uh, we are uh, managing now were decided by my grandparents and my parents. They decided about 40 years ago some of the free land that he has to let the people grow corn or peppers, beans or tomatoes and the produce is for them. Some of the produce is cons they consume it and the the rest they sold in the local market. The money is for them, not for us. Uh, the other thing is that some of, some of them they own parcels. So they go to work in their parcels. When the, when we need to have a work on the on the plant, on the plantation, uh, we ask who is free. And they come to work with, with us. Uh, the concept is something like a freelance. Yeah, it's kind of like an agency works back in the UK where uh -huh. you know Francisco needs some work and he calls them in. And to be able to, to have the, 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 the land to be able to grow some food for themselves, they only have to come in twice uh, in, in any one year. Um, so they just give a commitment to say, yes, we'll come in at least twice in that year. And I just, you know, that's, that's kind of a way of kind of maintaining and keeping the staff, isn't uh -huh. it? And making sure that you get the help when you need it. Yeah. But also, that land would be idle otherwise. Nobody would be using that land, would they? If it wasn't. No. You know? It's uh, very difficult because the cost of uh, of making a new plantation is very high. Yeah. And, uh, we would like to, but we can. Yeah. Yeah. No, so uh -huh. at least that, that land's being used in a productive way to still make the farms uh -huh. maintain well. It's helping the people and help us to, uh, to find uh, someone to help us with when we need. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a brilliant concept, it's the first time I've heard about that today. The results are very important because uh, most of the farms are complaining about there is no people to work with. We don't have that problem. In Guatemala, we need to deal with issues of getting uh, workers into the country. How cool is that? Francesco on video. I, I haven't seen him since that trip and I really like watching them back and editing these together. I so want to go. I can see him. I love those guys. So, um, 
a little bit of bait at the farm. So that noise that you're hearing on the patios is because it is right next to a main road. And our Bosque is probably more at danger than most farms that we buy from of becoming urbanized. So Guatemala City has spread and spread and spread and planning laws perhaps aren't quite as robust as they are here uh, in the UK and things have just been built around it. They're drying patios back smack onto the busiest road you've ever seen. Um, they actually other part of the family business, they have a petrol station which is on the front of those patios. They thought, well, if the road's coming, we might as well make some money out of it, which I, I really like. The farm was originally founded in 1932 by Julian Flores, um, and he had 14 hectares, which he extended and extended to the farm that it is today. Um, the brothers now manage it, look after it, do a great job, um, and we're very, very, very excited to have it. Majority of the coffee that they have on the farm is Bourbon, but they do have a part where they have a Bourbon Katura mix, so they can't separate it out. Now, in the past, we've only bought the Bourbon, we've bought it exclusively, and the Katura Bourbon mix has gone uh, to other buyers and, and, and other people around the place. But what we've agreed with uh, Julio Jose and Francisco and Mario this year is to uh, buy all of the crop. We've then took the uh, Bourbon Katura one and sent it for decaffeination because we decaffeinated it last year and it worked so well. And then we're selling the Bourbon. So we have the entire production from this farm, which is super, super, super cool. So um, before we move on, we should go and do the map bit. It's the map bit, no expense spent. It's the map bit. And here we are. We go down to the beautiful central of England and Staffordshire, and we come back out, and we whiz across to the very, very beautiful Central America. But to do this, we need to find out a little bit more about Central America. So here's some numbers. Number of coffee growing countries, seven. Population of 41.739 million people. Service area, 524,000 square kilometers. Comparing that to the UK there, you can see, uh, again, idea of the size. So let's zoom down to Guatemala. Somewhere we haven't been for a while, so it's really nice to be uh, coming back to Guatemala. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna go down into the country's figures. So let's bring those up. So the name is Guatemala. Population, 14.7 million. Size, 108 uh, square kilometers, 108,000 square kilometers. And the capital city is Guatemala City, which is not very far from uh, the farm. In fact, I'm gonna show you that uh, in a moment. So let's go down to Elbos. Now you see how urban it is there. And it is super, super, like it, it is, it's a, it's a built up area that this farm is in. Um, it wasn't built up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, let's look at the farm figures and I'll show you some more of that. So we have Finca El Bosque, which has an altitude of 1400 to 1645 meters above sea level. This one is the Bourbon varietal and the nearest town is Villa Canales. So, um, yeah, so uh, what I was saying was that the urbanization of this farm is a big problem. And if you look and scroll up, you see to the, the top right, that's Guatemala City. Now, Guatemala City has just grown and grown and grown and grown into here. This is the El Bosque, the forest, and that's what El Bosque means translated, uh, El Bosque. And this is the mill. So this is why there's all the noise and things on the video is that that was the mill. It's right by the main road. Anyway, that was the map bit.
I remember the map bit from last year for for this farm and really enjoyed it and, and I think you can see why we get lots of lots of detail and lots of information. But now it's time for Mr. Glue's Daft Fact of the Week. Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Guatemala until the 21st century was the biggest exporter of coffee in Central America. But in the year 2001, it was overtaken by Honduras. Although much of this is put down to illegal importation into Honduras as they have a cheaper export tax for all of their coffees. Interesting, eh? Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. And you know what, Roland? That was very, very interesting. You were quite right. So last week we had AeroPress with disc. This week we're going to replace it with French press. And let's spin the wheel of death. Where it goes, nobody knows. And nobody cares. We have Kalita Wave. Good, we can live with Kalita Wave. I win again. Um, we haven't had Vietnamese or um, Irish coffee for a while. I'm, I'm going to be due one soon, I'm sure. So I'm going to whap you on pause. I'm going to go and make tasting delicious drinks. Be back with you in just a second. And I am back. So I'm going to dive straight into the espresso first of all. You can tell from the nice presentation that I haven't made them. I made, the, I made the Kalita, I was a good boy there, but... So on the espresso, the first bit you get is sweet. It's chocolate sweet, milk chocolate, with a tiny, tiny, tiny kind of caramel undertone, and a little, like, shoulder of apple, green apple, but... Super balanced, like super well balanced. Uh, we shall go to, oh gosh, you dropped me with water. We should go to milk. <gasps> Spilling it, very pretty art. This was Chris this week, Roland's roasting. So Chris uh, has done my drinks for me. Okay, we're back to the cheaper milk. And perhaps why I'm not liking this as much in milk. You do get the sweetness, you don't get a lot of else, anything else. It's a bit <sighs> meh. And I like meh as a descriptor. Just doesn't cut, cut, cut it with me with the milk. But it is sweet, it's pleasant, you know. I'm not offended, I'm not kind of thinking it's horrible. But this is where I am looking forward to it. So Kalita Wave, benefits of Kalita Wave. Um, it's slightly different brew to uh, some of the cone brewing options. Um, it's flat bottomed. So you can see there, there's a flat bottom. Um, I don't care what people say, it does change the way that the coffee tastes through it. I like it, I like it as a method. I don't think the wave makes that much difference to it, um, but I just like the stuff that they make. I love these receptacles, they're just nicely made, and um, yeah, it's just the way that I roll. So let's go into the coffee. Sweet, 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 sweet milk chocolate. Like big milk chocolate. Um, that green apple is more pronounced in the brood, much more pronounced. There's a much more kind of like bite to it. It's that kind of acid bite. But there's caramel going on in there too. There's a little bit of toffee. It's kind of, it's just very sweet and sticky and delicious as this farm always is. I am a big fan of the Flores Brothers. I always have been, I always will be. 
I'm very pleased that we're buying all their coffee this year. I really, really am. So we should go to the Pinboard of Doom. And uh, I have a note. This week's was sent in by uh, Andrew McBean. And uh, this was taken in um, and man in Jordan. So uh, I don't know whether this is the trickery of uh, Instagram or what, but the sky looks beautiful on it. It really, really does. And in a brand new feature that we've made up this week, somebody has sent in a Vine. So if you don't know what Vine is, it's where you make these little short videos and piece them together and send them on social networking type things. And this is a Vine that came in, so here we go. And that was sent to us by Sophie Nichols. Sophie, thank you very, very much. I know you got bullied into it on Twitter. But if you've got a vine that you would like to send in, you can be our new Steve's Vine of the Week! Or something like that. Anyway, time to wrap up. Thank you very much for joining me as always. Sorry it's been a long one, but I hope that you enjoyed it. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. Over. <laughs>